Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. Talking about money, investing, financial planning, retirement planning, the misdeeds of the investment industry, as we will get into in just a second, because we got some good stuff on that IRA work here. And Ann Swaski here with me today. Really, they're just running. So I'm just here to I'm just here to look good. <laughs> I'm just eye candy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, <laughs> not touching that. You're not touching that. That's a smart guy. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that I thought we would talk about, because Ann, you had sent me a clip on something. Now, the investment industry. One of the things that we often talk about is the level of mismanagement in the investing industry. And so often, as, we saw, as we've talked about, the investment industry says, you need this much money to retire. And our point is, yeah, it's typically like you, you know, the, the Rodney Dangerfield joke, you know, if you want to make a million in the stock market, start with 2 million and invest it and gamble it the way the investment industry tends to do. Now, that's a kind of a, a little run with his quote, you know, taking a little liberty with it. But that's basically what we find and what we came from. We all came from that side of the industry where we were taught how to sell investments using past performance, you know, choosing companies we think are going to do well. Hey, let's invest in this company. I really like this company. I think they're doing great stuff, blah, blah, blah. You got to invest in it. Here's their story. Uh, and then, you know, investing in areas of the market based on, hey, what's going on in the U.S.? What's going on in China? What's happening over in Europe right now? What's happening in Australia? Here's what's going to be happening. Interest rates are going to be doing this. Therefore, you need to be doing this because this is where the market's going to go because of that. Well, that's what we're taught. And quite often, what I hear out of people is investment advisors, and I'm gonna let you go, you guys run with this after we play the clip, is that, hey, you know what? We do this financial planning. We do the tax planning. We're gonna be looking at your social security. We're going to be going through and analyzing, you know, your financial situation, making recommendations. And uh, we have mutual fund managers at our firm that are really, really brilliant. They're really great. And they're, they're really, uh, they're just, that's all they do. They eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff. And I'm the quarterback and I'm gonna be managing the process and recommending things. And, uh, it may not be necessarily what you guys think. And there was a good documentary done on this that Anne brought to my attention. I had apparently already seen it. Well, it's a movie. It's a movie documentary yeah. uh, talking about, and I use documentary because mm -hmm. it's documenting what happens and, and the, the reality of things that have happened. And we, you have several of them out there. Right. Mm -hmm. But Leviticus, if you would just play this clip and just... Just, just run with it. Wait a minute, what am I looking at? It? This figure here. Whoa, is that? It gets ugly in a hurry. Is that figure right? Looks pretty right to me. There are $8 trillion of paper around the world relying on that equation. Well, we were wrong. No, you mean you were wrong. Sir, if those assets decrease by just 25%, that loss would be greater than the current market capitalization of this entire company. How long would it take to clear that from our books? You cannot be doing what you're thinking of doing. Sell it all today. You're selling something that you know has no value. So that we may survive. 
There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. Yeah, uh, be first, be smarter, or cheat. And... Yeah, so Your this, comments on this. This was a movie called Margin Call from 2011, and it was sort of a uh, documentary-based or style movie that kind of documented one of the falls of the big investment houses in the 2007-2008 subprime mortgage crisis that kind of led to the big drop in the market in 2008. So now... My husband just said, hey, I got this movie. Looks good. Do you want to watch it? I had never heard about it. So we start watching it. I didn't really know what it was about. And it, yeah, thanks, you know, Dave. No, no, no. It's it's a good movie, but it's... But it, Not I, my it stomach's be, upset. It became apparent to me that this was talking about the 2008 uh, meltdown. And... And I didn't know whether it was supposed to be true or not when I'm watching it. So so I'm watching it and I keep hoping they're going to do the right thing at the end of the movie. That's just the way that I am. That they're going to pay for their misdeeds. Well, that they're going to- they, Or that they would make it right somehow for the clients. Is that- Right, because that here's it? the thing. If you listen to the clip, you heard the clip- what they did, they realized that they were way, way, way over leveraged to the point that their whole company, which was huge, was worthless. And they knew that these securities they were selling were worth nothing. And yet they chose to sell them, which... I mean, as a securities attorney, I would say is securities fraud and false advertising, but they did it. And you'll notice that the CEO in that company, he said, well, you know, the price is the price and we're going to do what we need to do to survive regardless of the fact that they knew they were selling to other brokerage houses who were going to sell it to people on the street or people in insurance companies who had their annuities or or other fixed, these were fixed products, fixed income products. So they're supposed to be more conservative uh, that they would be worthless. And they knew that this was a lie. And they were telling the salespeople on the floor, if you clear this out in the first three hours, you'll get a million and a half bonus. They're telling this to their salespeople. And so I just kept watching this movie, hoping that they would realize that that's unethical, illegal, you're ripping people off, et cetera. And at the end of the movie, I'm not going to tell you the end, but at the end of the movie, you, you it, well. it, <laughs> I guess at the end of the movie, it, they it, didn't. Nobody did. And I was right. like, oh my gosh. So, so here's the thing. The, there are Wall Street bullies out there. I'm, I'm actually, I've got a workshop that I'm working on, guys. I don't know that I've told you this, but I'm actually working on this workshop where I'm going through these fund companies, major fund companies. And most of the 401ks, I'm just going to put it out here, the vast, 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 can I say vast any more times, mm -hmm. majority of 401ks that we actually analyze 
I'm going to walk through the things that are going on based on what is on their website and their disclosures if you actually ever read them. Mm-hmm. And it is eye-opening. And right. uh, I actually walked through this yesterday with our compliance people because mm-hmm. they make sure that I'm not saying anything that is out of line or that is wrong. And they were completely in agreement that I am totally okay with doing that. As well, I that'll was, be as very I was, interesting. I think it's going to be very yeah. interesting. But I'm telling you, it happens and you would be amazed at how much the sales pers- the sales perspective pervades this industry mm-hmm. and how it is so ingrained in how people do things. It's buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Right. And they basically said that in the movie. And the other interesting thing was, I did read about it afterwards. And this was basically a documentary of the fall of Lehman Brothers. Yeah. So if, um, if, if you're out there and you read novels, this would be considered historical fiction. Because it is based on fact. I, I saw the movie when it first came out. And I have a distant cousin who actually worked for Lehman Brothers mm-hmm. at the time. Um, he worked for Lehman Brothers most of his career. And he was smart enough to have diversified his portfolio and didn't really get hit. I have no idea how many millions of dollars in stock options he lost. He would never disclose that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was based on Lehman Brothers. Um and I was sitting there when I first came out watching the movie, like just not able to believe that it actually went down like that. It's no different than when I watched um, uh, the movie about Bernie Madoff and uh, the monster of Wall Street, you know, just to see just how mean and vicious he was and he didn't care. But when he made that comment in the clip, you have to be either smarter, what was it? You got to be first, smarter, or cheat. Cheat. Yeah. It made me think of when, you know, was. again, prior was. to leaving Smith Barney back in 1986, one of the advisors made the comment, so we made money, talking about the advisor, the company made money, talking about Smith Barney, two out of three isn't bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and the interesting thing, too, when you watch the movie, since this theoretically is kind of how it went down, there wasn't really anybody there who understood what they were selling. And I think that is a great point. Keep running with that one. Yeah. Because I think that's what's going on here. So the only thing, the only one who really understood it was this analyst who was a young guy who happened to be a math whiz Mm. who figured out that... This was just collapsing. And that's where in the clip she says, well, we were wrong on the mm-hmm. on the formula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and nobody, everybody, when they were showing the senior managers what was going on so they could make the decisions, none of them understood it. Mm-hmm. And and the guy even said to the CEO, Well, you know, these were, you know, making a lot of money for us, but uh, and I think that's how people do this kind of stuff. I think what you're hitting is absolutely right. You say, well, how could they sell this stuff if this stuff is so bad? How can they do this? How can they do this? How can they recommend these things? How can they, you know, we we look at things like annuities and structured notes and and all of these things out there that investment firms are selling and index annuities and, and those types of the options contracts that are embedded in those types of things. And we go, how can they do that? And I think what it comes down to, it is blind faith that the advisor has as well. 
Mm-hmm. Right. They are exercising blind faith that this will work. Right. Because somebody higher up at the company that's smarter than me recommended it. Exactly. Exactly. And when it mm-hmm. when it folds, when it crashes, they, I believe, are every bit as surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if anyone is and interested in And I can tell watching, you, I don't know. What's if, that, Leviticus? Go, go ahead, Ann. No, you can go ahead. No, I was going to say, if anyone's uh, interested in watching this movie like I am, it's on YouTube, Hulu. Okay. Uh, Fubo, Fubu. TV, yeah, yeah, Sling yeah, yeah, TV. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I like I like mess like yeah, this. Yeah, there there, so there are things smarter. like this, and you know, you like you have movies like well, Wall Street was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Yeah, yet. That, yeah, you might uh, can be kind of a little bit I rough in parts. <laughs> um, but um, but you know, a lot of the premise that was in there, which is you know, the guy walks in to work one day and he goes, "Hey, Dad, what's going on? What's pops going on?" Well, if I knew, I wouldn't be in this industry. <laughs> and you know, the little jokes like that, but. You know, if you look at insider trading, which was covered in that particular documentary, the idea of that insider trading is illegal, but this guy, this wealthy guy wants information. This broker gets his ear and the broker comes in and he's trying to get this guy's ear and trying to sell him something. He goes, listen, kid, he's telling him all of his investment ideas. He goes, I don't want any of that junk. I want something that nobody knows. That was the premise of it. You got to give me something that nobody knows. Because it's not worth it. And then his dad worked for an airplane company. His dad told him something. And he goes, whoa, 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 what, dad? And it was supposed to be information that was not public. And he goes to this rich guy with this information. The rich guy is able to bank a bunch of money. They find out it's insider trading. They both end up in jail. That's not how this other movie ended. No. (laughs) You know, they both didn't pay for, they did not pay for what they did. And that's the frustrating part when you see that kind of thing. That goes against our human nature wants resolution. We want right. to see the right thing. There's something about us that wants the right thing to That's happen. That's the ironic thing. I watched the whole movie, and even though I'm, I, I am in the investment industry, I still wanted to see it turn out okay right, at the yeah, end. I, I agree. I but agree. You see, now here, now here's the crazy part about that: hmm. is you're in the industry, you knew what happened. <laughs> And I you were expecting a different outcome. It's like when my I, wife and I... I that was hoping so it was true. fiction. That's so, okay. That's so, so it was like when my wife and I went to see the movie Titanic. We yeah, I, I just out. really I know, want somehow this example. boat is not uh, yeah. going to sink. We, we walked out of the Please movie. Please don't. And I, I saw it in a completely different light than my wife did. Okay? I think we all How did, Ira. No. no, no, no. I saw the movie. I'm like, so I said to my wife, I said, so, so what did you think? She says, it was so sad that everybody died. And I'm like... We knew that. <laughs> but what about that love story? I mean, tell me that was not an incredible story. We saw com- two completely different movies. <laughs> I, I agree you with Elaine. I didn't there, like Ira. it either. Okay. So you dies. broke into If you go to see a movie called <laughs> Titanic, so you know, know they all die. It's, it's not I know. Going Isn't good. that funny? But that is, it's human nature. You know, you, yeah, speaking you know of what? a rough week for the Titanic, oh my but, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? But here's the reality yeah. yes. uh, and on, on this. Yes. This is why the news is so negative. Because our natural being wants a resolution. We want a good outcome. I am sure a majority of the population 
was tuned into hearing about that mini submarine that went down that they were searching for that was going down to see the Titanic. And people tuned in to listen to what happened. Like right now, every, I would bet, because I was doing it before I left the house, I was watching the news to hear more about that little military that's revolting against and marching towards you know, Moscow mm. to see, and my wife was like, good, I hope Putin gets his. You know, we want to see a good resolution. So well, the news tends to be negative. So you keep coming back to hear something good eventually. Yeah, that's what we want. And like and when see. you think about it, if... Want to see the good guy win. Yeah, if, I, if I'm watching it, imagine just the average person out there who really doesn't understand investment industry at all. Mm -hmm. And they... They're just trusting. Well, they think this is an outlier, Ann. Yeah, they think right. that that situation, that movie is an outlier. That's a weird thing that almost never happens. It's not the way the industry works. That's why I want to do the workshop that I'm going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that'll be something we're on, on the website, paulwinkler.com. You're going to see there's going to be a workshop on this. I'm going to really get into this. I think you need to know this stuff, folks. Hey, guys, if you want specific advice for your unique situation, schedule a free 15-minute phone chat with one of our trusted advisors by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. We don't sell any products, and our advisors don't make any commissions, so this isn't a sales call. We have a coaching process that helps you understand investing and relax about money. Don't put blind trust in anyone with your financial assets. We want to partner with you in the process so you know what you're doing and why. We manage assets on a fee-only basis, which means that when you do well, we do well, which aligns our interests with yours from the start. We also bring you into the financial planning process that gives you a clear plan so you can find the freedom to pursue your purpose. All our advisors are degreed planners too, with years of experience. So schedule a free 15-minute phone call with an advisor by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. I'm just thinking about this, Anne. You know, you go through, can you imagine being a reporter and you got to find something to talk about all the time about it? And, but in the financial world, there's always something to talk about. There is actually. It's kind of amazing. You've been doing this 20 years and there's never a shortage. Yeah, 22, but who's about. counting? 22, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 22 years? 22 Oops. years. Yeah, Leviticus. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, never a shortage. And never so, a repeat show. So, okay, one I have day, a question. One day I will, I will talk about the history of this show and it's uh, where it came and, and how we did it. It was, uh, it was okay. crazy. Yeah, I'm looking it was crazy. forward to that. It was very interesting. Yeah. Okay. okay, so I have a question. Do or can you think of anybody that you know who believes they don't deserve their money? Yes. Can you, Ira? No, I cannot. I, I can to, actually. I, I don't want to specifically yeah. talk about people, but I would talk about a group of people quite often that don't feel that they deserve their money. Yeah. There are a lot of them. Yeah, I know there are. There, so there, there are professional athletes, mm -hmm. many of them that feel like they're they're just kind of blown away by how much they get, so they mm -hmm. don't know what to do with it when they get it. There are lottery winners that don't know and and typically end up back in the same circumstances a couple years later, right? Because they just don't really, I don't really believe down deep in their hearts they believe that they deserve that good fortune. Right, right. And so there was an article here helping Hollywood. clients I mean, who Hollywood, believe. Right? What's that? I Hollywood too. I mean, you look at that, a lot of people in Hollywood that make large sums of money and they feel guilty about it. 
Right. You know, so hence right. what happens is they get behind all kinds of things that you go, well, why are they getting behind this? Kind of feeling guilty about how much money I've got and I've got to do something mm-hmm. to save the planet and save the world with everything I've got. I think there, there's a lot of that. Oh, yeah, I think there definitely is. Um, so there was an article helping clients who believe they don't deserve their money by Rick Kaler. So I just thought that was an interesting topic because they said... Um, Believing you don't deserve your money is one of the top 10 most common money scripts for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And when we do the American Dream Experience, I we do talk about one of our things that we talk about is um, things in our past that have affected the way we view money and whether we have a scarcity mode or an abundance mode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so this to me is a classic scarcity mode for our money. Um, but it's, it, you know, to your point, Paul, there are a lot of wealthy people that don't think that they deserve the money. They feel guilty about it. Uh, but, but then if you have a scarcity mode, you don't deserve the money. Are you really saying I don't deserve to live? I mean, there's a guilt about that, that then can that translate into them making bad money decisions? Deserve to live. Now, that that takes it a little bit further than I would have thought. I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, not deserving the money. So often what I find with people in general is that they get into business for themselves and then they charge too little for their service Mm -hmm. because they don't think that they're worth it. Right. And, and, and now I think what happens is we think that everybody around us has the same talents and same skills and mm-hmm. same abilities that we have. And therefore, we actually denigrate our own skills, talents, and abilities for that reason. And mm-hmm. we don't value them highly enough. Right. So when you say don't deserve to live, that I was like, well, wait a minute. What's, what's that well, all about? Well, the article is talking about a difference between guilt of having money uh-huh. and shame and that that uh, if you have low self-esteem, you think that you don't deserve to have money. So you do things that will um, undermine your ability to make money. And that uh, they talk about uh, guilt being more of something that I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't do that. And shame... They're talking about, I don't deserve money with underlying thoughts and feelings of being inadequate, stupid, dirty, unworthy, haven't done anything. Yeah, where did those messages come from? Yeah. When you're like eight years old and, and, you know, somebody that is supposed to be taking care of you, an attachment figure that's supposed to be your source of safety and and source Mm -hmm. of, of having your back and source of love and care and concern becomes the, your attacker. Exactly. And that's my point. Yeah. So they're, they're distinguishing in the article between uh, just a, a guilt of I made a bad decision or I, I didn't do this to something that uh, goes way back and is well, yeah. self-esteem related or trauma mm-hmm. related or something mm-hmm. from your past, which affects your self-image and your ability to 
Um, yeah, there's a biological aspect of this, which mm -hmm. is interesting in psychology is you actually have things called mirror neurons. And what those mirror neurons do is they, they actually discovered it in monkeys first. And they mm -hmm. were like going, hey, wait a minute, this monkey is actually mirroring what I'm doing and, and that's hence mirror. Well, they, they actually found that that happens with people. But what happens with people is when you're really, really young and somebody's treating you a certain way. There are three ways you, you can respond when you're a little kid. The first way is that you can go, no, that's wrong. This is not who I am. You can't treat me this way. And you know, you go, well, no, you can't do that. When you've got a caretaker, you're dependent upon them. You can't, you can't fight that necessarily. Right. The second thing that can happen is this, is where you go, you know what, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're okay, you're right, and I'm right, and everything's, well, that's insane. You know, mm -hmm. you're not both right in this situation. This is the way this person is handling you is, is wrong. The third thing is this, there is something wrong with me. This is how the child responds. There's something wrong with me because what that does is it puts the child back in the driver's seat. So we often see people, and we haven't been through what they were what they went through when they were kids. And what we do is we have a tendency to demonize them for how they are now, but we don't recognize that what they went through, that's that's the, the level of choices. Those are the three choices that they had. And what the choice was that ended up staying with them is that there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And therefore everything that happens, you run your life through that lens. There's something wrong with me. Next time you get down, and, you know, and some people will say, well, this is kind of, you know, foo-foo stuff. And, you know, this is, but, you know, this is reality. There are a lot of people that have been through some really bad stuff that if we haven't been through it, myself included, I had a pretty good upbringing. I mean, it's, it's pretty doggone, you know, things went. Mm -hmm. So it was eye-opening for me when I started studying this and go, oh, this makes sense. The way you're responding is probably exactly how I would have responded had I been through what you'd been through. What you, the way you're responding makes total sense to me. Right, and, and this article is talking about exactly that, Paul. Oh, wow. All right, cool. So, so they're talking about becoming aware of where these triggers are for you as a person that's undermining mm -hmm. your ability as an adult mm. to feel worthy yeah. To have self-confidence, sure, sure. make good money decisions, sure. feel that you deserve the money. And uh and and to your point, it was saying that it was usually from an initial good intention as a child or whenever this happened, of keeping yourself safe. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. Perfect. Yeah. That's that's really good stuff. Mm -hmm. So in in effect what we've got to do is change that script. And, and a lot of times it's like, what are we saying to ourselves and catching ourselves and writing down, if I have a thought, writing it down. Mm -hmm. What is it that I'm saying to myself right now? Challenging that thought. Because remember that whatever I'm saying about myself, that is, that is filled with, there's an emotion, there's an emotion attached to that. And we tend to, when it's, there's an emotion attached to it and there's, there's background and it's sometimes, you know, you're even writing a letter. Look at, look at David from the Old Testament. He would write letters and sometimes he would just complain to God and yell at, you know, God, you know, why am I doing this? Why are you putting me through this? This isn't new is the point I'm like, I'm trying to make right here. This is not new that people go through this type of stuff, but there are ways to deal with it. And what we've got to do is challenge those things and go, or maybe have somebody 
that helps us challenge those things. Right. And they do say at the end of the article, um, you want to recognize those triggers mm -hmm. and work to become aware of them, but then also get support. Yes. There's counseling uh, profession trained to help people recover from systemic shame. Right. Because this is actually a type of systemic shame. If you are ashamed that you have money or you don't deserve money, so you're undermining yourself and not having the ability. Right, right. That's a problem. That well, you know. and, and it was it's interesting when you look at this, um, There, there is a scripture that actually talks about that, where you're getting counsel and you're getting help. And, and when you... When you have something, you can you know, I think it's in James. It's, it talks about confessing your sin, and then someone who is not godly—that isn't the word that's used—will be there with you, and that's the person with you, and that's the person that actually wants the same thing for you. Mm -hmm. They want the, the best for you, and having people around you like that—that that are supporters that really love you and care for you and, and want the best for you. That's when we talk, because there are people that when you say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with, this is what I'm going through, unfortunately, they'll use it against you mm -hmm. and, and push you down further. So it's making sure you have somebody around you like that that's so, so, so important. Well, somebody trustworthy who wouldn't do that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I thought that was I, a fascinating I, article. Yeah. It's important because there are so many people, so many of you out there, you may inherit money. And for some reason, you don't think you deserved it. You don't think that, that it's, you're worthy of it. And, and because what happened, and here's what people do. Here's what, here's what, I want to put the ribbon on this. Here's what people do when they don't think they're worthy of what they've been given or what they've gotten. They blow it. They throw it away. Right. They throw it away and they waste an opportunity that could not only help them but generations to come i think this is why it's so important that and we the actually, world yes right in the world yeah absolutely there are there are organizations you can help too right but if i have that general feeling that this was not i don't deserve this isn't then i could really mess it up hey this is paul winkler hope you enjoyed today's edition of the investor coaching show if you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.